Hey y'all, welcome to episode 55 of the Off and Beat Podcast. In today's episode, Tito Ortiz looked like he had passed out because a spider was crawling all over him. And, uh, it looked bad. It looked bad. Also, Vander Holyfield, uh, looked, uh, he looked like he was 58. But goddamn. Also, she rejects you on the first proposal can you truly ever be the same is marriage a trap maybe you could propose twice but not more than once also I ended with a little story of what happened when me and my friend were taking a stroll and a lady decided A wave was a little bit more than she wanted from a stranger. So, uh, why don't you ride this wave of today's episode and limp your dick along to the end zone. Enjoy episode 55 of the Off and Beat Podcast. Wow, um, Vander Holyfield looked like a nun on St. Patrick's Day tonight. Uh, he did not look like he was in the holy fields. He, uh, looked like a, look, he got a bell four. He got his bell rung by Belfort. That was not great. It's not great. I understand he's 58. I mean, Jesus. Like, he also, for preference sake, by the way, I'm referring to the uh, Vitor Belfort versus Evander Holyfield fight tonight. It was originally supposed to be Belfort versus De La Hoya, who probably was more advanced. Well, that's a dumb thing to say because we're talking about Vander Holyfield, but Vander Holyfield's 58 years old. He looked great shape, but uh, not so much after. He looked like a 58-year-old man in there. It's crazy how fast, like, people can just... Because I think, like, um, we've seen boxing videos from, like, five years ago or something. And he, uh, he still looked okay. But it just wasn't... You could just tell. Uh, and also, Tito Ortiz, he, uh... He, uh, went unconscious like a spider was... Crawling up on his Frank Ocean type of head. And must have got that Spider-Man knockout. Oh, Jesus. Welcome to episode 55 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I am your host, Clint. By now, episode 55, you can start applying for AARP. Amazing Anal Automotive Reproductive Productivity. That's what that stands for. Um... Uh, about the limp dick this way to the end, getting through another podcast. Um, but yeah, today's sponsor for today's podcast is a ghost watermelon sour warhead. Jesus Christ, I do uh feel like I got a hit on me, and by hits I mean I got all the hits, boy. 
Oh, I'm doing these episodes back to back, and when I um, touch my lovely lady's back, she, uh, let's just say she gives back. Do you tell I'm clean shaven? Um, almost cleaner than a power clean. Except, uh, this one will leave you hanging. And I do not know who's having toaster scrambles for breakfast, but I do know that I'm scrambling for thoughts. And I don't mean the ones that DM me saying, hey, Clint, what you doing tonight? And I tell them, not you. But of course, you know, they're like, oh, please, you wish. And I tell them, I do. Because I proposed to you before and you told me no three times. Which does bring up the question. Can a marriage or relationship, can you actually go back to normal once you've been rejected? I think it's possible. But I also think after that, if it's like a real rejection where it's, I'm just not ready yet, but I care for you. It also depends on the dude. I guess, like, if he takes it so personal where it's almost like uh, he feels it's his personal reflection on him, then, yeah, because it's just going to kill his confidence, and she's going to, you know, go to your friend Dusty, and uh, he's going to dust her menopause away, and... Is that, that's why like people tell you you're a fucking idiot if you actually propose in a public forum like on a Megatron at a hockey game or a baseball game or football or basketball, whatever. Like if you plan a whole thing where you proposed her in front of 20,000 people, like even if she, like the thing is, is like you're setting a situation up where it's a really... You're putting someone in a position. That's why I say, like, I feel like you know. If you're not 100% sure they're going to say yes, then you probably shouldn't propose, right? Because, like, I, I don't feel like when someone rejects your proposal, you should ever be that surprised. Because I feel like you there's a certain... Um, connection you have to have with someone and understanding when you get on one knee if you were going to go that far like you shouldn't be surprised if you if you truly feel like you two are on the same page like I feel like when you propose it should basically be like about fucking time type of thing and but can can a marriage true or not marriage obviously but can you truly just go back to being like eh like you go home kind of like after you have a big argument about you know um, why did you guys sit in the booth instead of a high chair table like when you get home like you know you could pretend to be mad or whatever but you know it's like ah you know what hey I'm gonna take a shower and then I go read a book. So if you need anything, just let me know where it's, how do you, if you go to Olive Garden, get on your knee, you know, you put the whole ring on the breadstick, 
She says no in front of everyone. That's a, if you live together, that's an awkward ride home. So you drive home, right? After she says no. Which, by the way, she has every right to say no or yes. This isn't a shame people for saying no to a marriage they're not ready for. But you get home. Do you just, uh, you're like, hey, I don't know if we can move forward to this. Or just get home and it's like, eh, just another day in this beautiful relationship. And you uh, just go lay on the couch. and Or do you just lay in bed like, all right, sweetie, good night. Today wasn't the greatest days, but we'll be... We'll move past this. Like, it's like um, if you got in a car wreck and you have to figure out looking for cars the next day. Is it like that? Is it like getting in a car wreck? Because uh, it is, uh, you do need some airbags to float out of this personal feeling of disaster. And I guess, can, can you truly recover? And if someone says no the first time. Obviously, every circumstance is different. But if someone says no the first time, are they really going to change their mind two years later? Possibly, because reasons could be, oh, situation, I want to be, you know, maybe we should, I want to buy a house when I get engaged or married and stuff like that. I want to be more in a financially secure place or just more in a more stable place in my life before getting married, if you're logically thinking it through. But at the same time, is that really why you don't want to marry someone? Because isn't marriage supposed to be this leap of faith? Obviously, you still got to take calculated risks. You can't just be a fucking idiot and, uh, you know, marry the girl at the car wash because you like the way she shines your fog lights. You know, you're probably going to need a little bit more of a... You're probably going to need a little bit more information before you like, I think she's the one. But there's a leap of faith. You know, how much, like, what's the whole, like, that's why, like, people, oh, I want to know every single thing about someone. It's like, okay, then you get married, and then guess what? You know every single thing about someone. Now, there's a certain amount of information you should want to know. Like, hey, are you, uh, do you have $40,000 of credit card debt, 20000 student debt, um, before we merge our finances together? Oh, is your social security, is it uh, being uh, perished? Because, you know, you already dove into it once. Oh, do you have a job that has a 401k? Do you have a, do you have a savings account? Do you even know what a savings account is? Like, these are things, like, you want enough information. But at the same time, you can get married, then guess what? You know, everything's predictable. You know exactly we're going to get every day, which sounds good in theory because people say consistency is all I want in my lovely, lovely husband and my amazing wife. But then it's like, God damn. Uh, again, reading another housewife book. Oh, Jesus. Another autobiography about Teresa Gidis. Another autobiography about fucking... This uh, child trauma of this person that became successful being a chef. Oh man, but when I was 15, my dad abused me. Wow, another one of those books. It's like... Or do you like a little surprise? Maybe you want to find out that your wife used to have a penis. 
I mean, that would be a surprise, but you know what? Keeps it interesting. Keeps the flavor. It's like jerk chicken lays chips. Not much a not much of a spice. Um, there's I've had more heat in the salt and vinegar lays bag of potato chips than jerk chicken. Now, granted, jerk chicken. I don't think jerk chicken is supposed to be specifically spicy, but every piece of jerk chicken I've ever had, I've uh, been I sniffed and you know eyes got a little weary. Maybe that's not what it's designed to be, or maybe I just have a low heat tolerance. But it should, I feel like if you're going to resemble something in some fucking chips, where you're missing half of the bag with chips anyways, and you're overcharging people for inflation, I think, you know, I'm expecting a little heat. And when I don't, I'm thinking like, man, am I losing my taste? Do I have COVID? Or, oh, they really just made this for uncultured people. Whatever that means. But anyways... But can you truly recover from being like truly rejected? No, right? I'm not talking about like you had a drunken night and you're just laying in bed after a couple shots and some molly and you're like, I want to marry you as you're sweating your ears off and all your wax is dripping down. It's kind of like when a girl's crying with mascara on when she dress up as the witch's brew. Except uh, you're creating a very heavy, heavy situation at hand. And then you wake up next morning like, hey, I do like I do have strong feelings for you, but I don't know if I'm ready for marriage. This was just kind of pillow talk, being drunk. I'm talking about you bought the ring, you planned a whole thing, and you do the whole shebang. You get on the knee, make sure the moon is uh, exactly the way you want it, make sure the weather was decent, you make sure you check all the boxes before she... So she has no choice but to say I do. It's like, man, if he prepared for this, that means he's great at preparing for things. When in reality, he just prepared literally for one individual thing to, you know, impress you. And then all of his other aspects of his life, he's very lackluster at preparing. So maybe don't uh, make that judgment based off that one night he set up greatly. Um, But yeah, great day at the aquarium, right? Beluga Wells. It's like, man, he took me to the Beluga Wells. He's really considerate. Because he knows I love petting Beluga Wells. He's the one. But can you recover? I mean, anything's possible. People forget. Because it's not even something to forgive about. Because it's like it's it's not like someone made a mistake. They just told you the truth that they're not ready to be married to you. It hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but, you know, you got to accept the fact that someone doesn't want to be with you in that capacity. Except, like, if you've been together for 15 years and have a house and you have everything in the world together. And, like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm ready to shackle up. It's like, um, but we shackle up all the time in the bedroom and we merge our finances, um, you stay at home, take it. We have four kids together. Why is the marriage thing stopping you? Like, yeah, maybe then you should feel some type of way if she says no. But, you know, in typical situations, it's a very tricky thing. My Here's my belief, right? I feel like you also got to gauge the room. Like I said, I don't feel you should ever be 100% surprised. 
if someone says no to your proposal. Because if they say, because even if you think they're going to say yes and they say no, that means you guys don't connect on something. That means you either have not talked about something, or even if you have talked about it, you got to understand that things may, you know, timing and everything like that. It's it's a very tricky thing. Obviously, I'm pretty sure the situations where, like, those people say, oh, he has, he legitimately proposed to me five times, and, you know, the sixth time I knew, just because his persistence, it's like, Damn, you just like dehumanize this man where basically he's just like, God, please marry me. Oh, Jesus. And I feel like two, I feel like if you ask twice on two separate real occasions, considerable distant amount parts and life changes in between, there's been true progress in your situation. And they say no both times. They probably just don't want to be, they probably just don't want to commit to you in that aspect. That doesn't mean that they're not faithful or nothing like that. It could just mean like, I don't know. Because when you say yes, you're, you're, you're asking a woman to submit. And I know that sounds like a bad thing. Oh, submit. No, I'm a boss queen. It's like, okay, um, you're still submitting your life to someone. Or if he's submitting to you, whatever works for you. I think there's different ways to go about that. But, I'm, you know, teach their own. But you are asking someone, let's just say dedicate literally the rest of their life to you. You're asking them to change. I know people don't want to say it, but when you get married, your life will change. If you're truly doing the right things. Marriage isn't just, oh, we put a ring on it, then all of a sudden, now we care for each other more. It's like, you... If you are taking it serious. I know I'm rambling here, so I'm going to... Kind of veer off this in a second. So. If she says no. The first time. And it's a legitimate first proposal. I'm not talking about one of those high emotional. When you were 20 years old. And you proposed to a girl after 9 months of being with her. Like yeah. Of course it wasn't going to go well. What the fuck did you think was going to happen bud? You can't go to Orlando Florida. And propose on the tennis courts. And expect her to. You know, serve you back, and then you fist her insides and realize, damn, she hasn't been feeling anything this whole time. Oh, man. Talk about a a solid liquidation. Osmosis. Jones. But anyways, that got disgusting. Good thing it was the hotel's bed sheets to worry about. I'm going to veer off that one. But anyways, Jesus Christ. By the way, not a true story. Kind of. Some of it. Not going to say which ones are, which ones aren't. But it's 100% inspired by true events, as movies say. Because it's kind of like a cop-out. If you say inspired by true events, it's like, well, technically we didn't say true story. We say the situation is very similar to what we did. It's like... Um, yeah, well, actually, the real situation, two people got murdered, and in your uh, movie, 22 people got murdered. Uh, There's a little bit of a disconnect, kind of like when you propose and they say no. But, look, people, I think there's, I think it's possible, it obviously depends on your connection, and some aspect, and true understanding. What I will say is I will say if you ask twice and they say no, I think it's uh, 
people may not want to hear this. They just probably don't want to be with you in that capacity. And that's okay. It could be that some people are really scared of marriage. And that's a real thing. Some people are just really scared of... They can be strongly committed as a boyfriend-girlfriend because there's still that safety out. So it's really like this genuine... Because when you're with someone as a boyfriend-girlfriend... Like, people still, for better or worse, they still have to kind of play the best version of themselves. Or there's a real possibility they could just they could just leave you. The person could just leave you if you just start being some type of asswipe, right? And they would technically be nothing looked down upon. They could just leave you. And guess what? But then some people, I, I do understand the fear that if you get married... The thing is, like, people change and get married. Like, people take you for granted. People don't do the little things that made your relationship special. It's not as spontaneous. Like, oh, we're married. She knows I love her. Oh, we're married. I don't have to do nothing for him. Uh, everything becomes a routine, and it's not this genuine spontaneity. You're not thinking about each other every minute of the day. Because you feel like you have this foundation that's secured by literally... Uh, papers, literally by the house you live in, literally by kids you have, it creates a structure, which is very important. But it's like the little things that get waned and pushed to the side. And I do understand that fear where it's like, I can understand why someone would just want to be with someone. They have this commitment to each other and they're basically married, but they're not, but they're not legally married because it so creates this, "Mm, I need to show this girl. I need to show this guy. I love him. You know, do the little things that, you know, that first, you know, rush when you in love. Oh, young love, teenage fever. And it's, I, I understand why people prefer to just be with someone in a dating capacity or boyfriend, girlfriend, than married. Because when people get married, man, you've seen it. But typically, you tell you can tell very early on from the outside looking in if someone genuinely wants to be with someone because they love them, or if they just kind of are being with them just to be with them. Because there's aspects of having that strong commitment that they like, or do they genuinely want that with a person, with that individual? And typically, people sacrifice one for the other. They love the person. But they're not really into all the extra stuff. Or they want all the perception things. But they don't really want that with the person they're with. The best is obviously when you have both. I just think that... It's... It's it's a strange dichotomy. Because it's... Uh, I don't want to talk 40 minutes about fucking marriage when I'm not even fucking married. Or anything even close to that. I just do find it very, very interesting how people can recover from internal issues within their coupling with someone. Yeah, I I think I'll say like the negative perception with marriage is that it's, oh, once you get married, everything changes. They don't love you anymore. It's everything is just because you feel like you have to, not because you want to. And when your boyfriend, girlfriend with someone, you either want to do something or if you don't, then you just leave. Where if you're married, it's almost, I will say one thing that I, I can understand people's fear is 
the marriage can feel trapped, but I feel like that's if you married the wrong person and you married someone where they showed a lot of characteristics that was very what you can provide for me, not necessarily vice versa. Really, it's a partnership uh, type of thing where it's back and forth giving. Everyone does their roles type of thing. But some people feel like they get married and someone just just serve them like they're a fucking child. And that's the thing when you we hear when you hear these dudes talk about like alpha marriage, like 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 woman on Sundays when you know the Falcons are getting their ass blown apart by the fucking Panthers in 2016. They just feel like in between 1 p.m. to like 10 o'clock at night. The wife should just be in the kitchen cooking them appetizers, getting meat trays from Publix and serving them like Cleopatra, like an Egyptian maid, flipping the wrist, whatever you need, honey, with their apron on. When it's like, it's like, uh, nah, that's not really what a, to me, a health, if someone wants to do that, sure, but that's not really what fits into the definition of what a you know, a woman serving her man type of shit. Like, that's kind of like going to extreme. It's like, honestly, I would just rather be the fuck alone on Sundays. One eight o'clock, hey, if you want to put some anti-tizers and or go pick up some Wingstop, bring it for the boys, I would appreciate it. I may even tip you. Wow, that's weird. Tipping my wife. Hopefully, I'm tipping her a lot. But I may actually tip her just because, you know, feel bad. And... And then I'll just be like, you know what? Go to Macy's. Go cut some coupons. I don't know what women do. <laughs> That's not really sexist. Go cut some fucking coupons. What's wrong with me? Oh, nothing wrong. It's just, it's a man's world. And uh, go get my 2% milk, you fucking slut. <laughs> I'm kidding. If anyone knows me, knows I'm nothing like that. I like whole milk. So, um... <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Someone's got to crack me up. Oh, this is one of the funner ones I've done in a while. But look, on a serious note. Yeah, I don't know. Call me, call my male ego fragile, and that's fine. It's funny how anytime, anytime men are completely like, Destroyed, I wouldn't even say destroyed, but we are hurt by things. That would naturally hurt a human being, no matter how strong you are. It's like, oh, the the fragile male ego. You know what? If he doesn't let you uh, get fucked by four other dudes, that's because he's insecure. That's because he doesn't feel he can satisfy you. So So he's scared to let four other dudes because he feels he's not adequate. It's like, or you know what? Maybe I just don't want my wife fucking four other dudes. I don't know. Is that fucking crazy? I'm sorry. You know what? That's when like this open fucking relationship shit. It's cool. If you want to do that, that's cool. I'm not one of those people that preface things just to throw caveats and do a Stephen A. Smith where, oh, I mean, no disrespect. He's a great guy. He was a great player, this and this. But man, he's a piece of shit. It's like, meh, you can't, you know, you can't just put caveats to preface when you're about to completely just say some personal disrespectful shit. Like, but the open relationship thing, right? If that's your thing, then that's your thing. If you're both on the same page, but typically people are like, well, we we were in open relationship. And the other person's like, we never had to talk about open relationship. We 
pretty monogamous. We live, we literally live together one on one. Not if I knew we were open relationship, I would have. Oh, trust me, I would have been open. Oh, I would have opened the sea and see what's for me. But the issue is. It's funny, the ironic part, people open relationships say monogamy is this outdated, it says, oh, they're the real insecure ones because they got to feel like they got to have territory, no one can do anything with anyone else. And while, although, I don't think extreme, I don't think territory of a human being is ever a good thing, um, that's why you got to be careful with these. But typically, the issue is people want territory of people, but they don't really want someone to be territorial of them, so it's like this weird thing. Or they just want, they want to be free, but if their wife or their husband were to do literally the same fuck shit that they're doing in private, they would like throw a fucking fit and play victim and all this shit. But, I digress. There's nothing wrong with, it's, it's just ironic to me that people, two people could be extremely happy. A monogamous, marriage, couple, whatever. Be extremely happy and they'll tell them, well, you guys are the ones not doing things right. Well, you guys are doing out day. They always say we're, ch- you know, we're we're originally like chimps and chimpanzees. Where we just fuck any and everyone. It's like yeah, and then they'll bring like kingdoms and stuff where the one king will fuck ten thousand women, and his uh, queen is supposed to be faithful to him because of all that. Here's also what you gotta understand. It was a completely different fucking time. And also, men, and also, like, men outnumbered women so much that these women had body counts out of the fucking world. It, it was insane. But, again, I'm not going to go down that road. But when people like to bring, oh, we're ingrainfully mean to, you know, fuck all 20 different people at a time type of shit, it's like, are we? Like, are we really... Is like, or is that just an excuse to treat individuals like not humans, just for your own personal uh, venture out there? I'm not saying don't fuck multiple people in a given time if you're not married or all that shit, right? But when people do like cheat on their husbands or cheat on their wives. It's mainly meant for the men's side because those, well, you know, we're ingrained. And there is an element where men are meant to go out and conquer and all that shit. Trust me, I get it. But you can't, like, these dudes will cheat on their wife with, like, 15 girls in, like, a three-year span, right? Wife knows about it. It hurts them. But, you know, they fall into the... It's about keeping a good home and all this shit, right? Even though they're just completely disrespecting their wife in all aspects. Don't give a fuck what they feel. They don't even care enough to stop or even to seek out help to... If they have these extreme desires to always just fuck anyone and everyone but their wife. And it's it's this odd thing where it's... But if they found out that, oh, their wife starts chatting with someone, having an emotional affair with someone at work, they'll somehow find a way to play victim and be like, oh, that's so much worse because she's mostly connected. I'm just fucking these girls and all that shit. It's like, yeah, look, you still have to text these girls. You still have to talk to these girls and connect in some aspects. Like, not just like, hey, bathroom, five seconds. 
maybe three out of the 15, you just set bathroom in five seconds and they'll be in the bathroom in five seconds. But typically, if you say in the bathroom in five seconds, it's probably not a girl that you're going to leave your wife for. Um, in terms of, chances are she probably doesn't have much to offer because she was that easy. Because she didn't stall to go into the stalls and, you know, sit on your stool while you're dropping a stool. That's nasty. If you if you were sitting on a fucking if you were sitting on a fucking toilet, especially in a public restroom, and you have a hard on and you're shitting at the same time, that's a little bit impressive. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's also fucking disgusting. Imagine if you're coming at the same time you're like releasing your shit out of your prostate. Cause I don't care what you say. It feels good when you drop a big shit. Like, it, sometimes if it's a rough one, it kind of hurts. But, man, when you release that shit, it feels so fucking good. Even if you actually get a little splash in the rash, it's all good. Um, but, I, I I will say, it's this weird thing that people play victim. From what I've seen, people have this weird thing where they play, where they'll try to say, they'll always try to say their situation and what they did is always not as bad as what their partner did, even if they're both kind of in the wrong. It's like, bro, you fucked 15 different bitches. Your wife started mostly talking to someone, and yeah, she had sex with them while you were out here cheating with 15 other girls. Like, I under, like, I could, in some weird way, I could still say, like, yeah, that shit fucking hurts. But how do you think it felt to her when you were fucking 15 other bitches? You can't throw this king and queen conquering shit. I'm, I, I hate when people use this king and queen. Because you know what? That king and queen structure was met when you actually were a leader of a real empire, people. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck about your king and queen empire and your $400,000 house that you bought from Remax. I don't fucking care. It, it's not It's not the same. Um, I'm the king. It's like, no, you're the head of the household. You're the man of the household. You're not King Tut out here. You're not Genghis Khan, even though don't be that king because he killed like, what, 15 or 20% of the human population at a given time? Impressive, but don't be that guy. Like, pe- people try to use this king and queen mantra for their benefit. Oh, because it creates this weird attachment where no matter what, I will I'll love you unconditionally and all this shit. It's like, it's like I've already talked about unconditional love before. It's it's a dangerous slope because it just creates this false thing in your head where someone knows no matter what they do, you won't leave them. And even if they didn't want to do those things before, now that they know it's like, well, shit, I have this ultimate uh, pass and I don't respect this individual. And it just becomes like, I'm all about slip ups. I get it. Slip ups in marriage, people cheat, it's whatever. I'm not gonna say whatever because it's a pretty serious thing. You know, boyfriend, girlfriend, it hurts, but at the end of the day, there's no real ramifications. You move on with your life. And you're married, bro, and you gotta you gotta give fifty percent of your income to a girl that to a woman that you dedicate your life to and find out she's fucking three other dudes and she's taking 50% of your money even though she's at fault for why y'all divorcing. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Especially you got kids involved and you have to figure that shit out. Like, Jesus Christ. What do you do? Shit's insane. 
don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna move off that. I'm tired of talking about unconditional love. Jesus. So, um, me and my, uh, me and my, uh, me and my friend the other day were taking a stroll down a neighborhood. Neither of us lived in it, so technically we're probably soliciting, even though it's four o'clock in the afternoon and we're two white men. So, we're not, you know, we're not exactly a fear of our lives at 4 p.m. in a highly class suburban neighborhood that none, none of us live in. But you know what? People wave like we live there when they're put in their little Pomeranian, whatever the fucking dogs are. Those ugly fucking dogs. The, the hair on them looks like the fucking Target pillow I have in my bed. Which some people will say looks feminine. I say, well... If uh, being feminine means I wake up with some good neck, and by that I literally just mean my neck actually feels decent, um, call me feminine, call me the feminine fancy. Uh, so we were taking a stroll, you know, just a walk, trying to, you know, burn some cows. And as we're trying to burn some cows, wow, I sound like a fucking douchebag. And cow. Um, so as we're strolling down the sidewalk, this one lady and her baby on a stroller comes our same direction. So we both get in a single file on the right so she can pass through. So she, she passes through on her left side. You know, we just give her a head nod, you know, acknowledge her existence. But she had headphones in, right? And she had glasses. She passes by us. She just... No, it doesn't really give us no mind. Not a big deal. So we keep walking, strolling, and then probably about half an hour later, we'll walk around the neighborhood. And somehow we cross paths again. I don't know how. I don't know if she took some weird golf course cross path to enter our Matrix. Which, by the way, there's a Matrix Resurrection coming out. I saw the fucking trailer. Looks kind of weird. I don't know how you remake. Because realistically, he's like, what, 50 some years old? And although he looks like he's in pretty decent shape, I'm not gonna but I'm not gonna sit here and think he's gonna be starting doing Tom Cruise Mission Impossible shit either. But hey, we'll see. Blue pill, red pill. Oh mentality. So we're so we, we cross paths again about thirty minutes later after the first interaction. This time, same thing. She goes at the same speed with the baby in the stroller, strolling through. And Give her the nice old wave. And again, doesn't acknowledge us. Cool. I don't feel like every single person got acknowledged my existence. So then, maybe eight to ten minutes later, we're walking back to like uh, this front, like the front area where there's like a beat, like the clubhouse and there's a pool and stuff. Like there's a little parking lot there. So, we're walking back there, and she's walking back too. Her car was literally right next to mine. To the right of mine, to be exact. Cool. So, my friend gets in the passenger seat. I get in the driver's seat. And as I'm backing out, 
she she gets behind me. I like slam the brakes because I'm like I'm not going back fast, but you know I'm about to turn. I break. I was like, holy shit! I almost didn't see her. But I realized she wasn't just strolling behind and wasn't paying attention. She literally sat behind my car because she was trying to get my attention. Luckily, she did not have the stroller, the baby. It looked like the stroller was, it looked like Cherry put the baby in the car or whatever, luckily. So I was like, so like I sat and I wave at her. And then she comes around to my, she comes around to my window, right? I roll, she, uh, she does the, puts her finger down to tell me to roll down my window. And I said, she's like, uh, what you did earlier made me very uncomfortable. I just want to let you know that because I don't want you to be going around, you know, creeping girls out and shit. By the way, this lady is probably in her mid 30s. She's older than me. Um, so I was, it's not like I was waving some 15 year old fucking girl. This lady's in her mid 30s. She has a fucking kid. She drives like a 2020 like fucking suburban. I'm assuming she has a little bit of money. She probably lives in that neighborhood. I don't. I thought that's what she was like. I don't recognize you. You 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 made me uncomfortable. Ha ha. She's like, "No." She, I was like, "Wait, what are you what are you talking about?" Like I I genuinely I wasn't even thinking like, "Did I wave at this lady or whatever?" She was like, "The way you waved at me made me feel like I was at risk of being kidnapped. And I was like, I even though I felt she was bullshitting, I thought she was joking. I genuinely like I didn't feel like escalating something that wasn't necessary. She felt uncomfortable. I was just like, well, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not 100 I don't remember exactly what I did. I remember waving at you and stuff. But if I did, I'm sorry. I made you feel that way. And if I see you again, I won't wave at you. She's like, well, no, it's not that you acknowledge my existence. It's the way you waved. I'm like, well, I didn't know there was a creepy way to wave at someone. And she was like, do you know how to wave at someone? I was like, well, I mean, yeah, you know, you have the overhand wave. You have the quick, just like squint your lips and like you don't really know someone but it's kind of weird if you pass someone on the same sidewalk and you don't even just like tip your head and say hello even if you don't know someone that to me is a little bit more weird so i just gave her the old like you know uh jfk's wife in the car before her husband got assassinated type of wave where you're just doing a something just a little flip of the wrist just like didn't say no words it's just kind of Whatever. The same hey you would do when you walk past a stranger. And she was like, well, because just so you know, because since you are a bigger guy, it is intimidating. I said, well, I'm yes, I am a bigger guy, but I'm not uh, the type of bigger guy that would manhandle you, right? I'm a little overweight right now. I didn't say it's there, but in my head, I'm like, well, I am technically bigger, but not the type of bigger that would make you think I'm going to, you know, Patrick Willis your ass or nothing. But I was like, man, I'm sorry if I made you feel uncomfortable. Cool. 
And she was like, okay, as long as you know, that's all that matters to me. And let me tell you what I wanted to say. I just, I just said, okay. And I rolled up my window. We went by our day. But if this was Mr. Four years earlier, always escalating situations that weren't necessary because I always wanted to make sure they knew I was right. And my goal is to not show you that I'm right. It's to make you realize how much of a fucking piece of shit, how fucking dumb you sound. That's more of my goal. I don't care about giving you compelling points. I'm just going to point out the flaws in your argument and say absolutely nothing new to the situation. What I wanted to say to her was like, well, ma'am, I'm sorry that I didn't treat you like a nobody that you are. I'm sorry that, you know, your baby's father is not in the picture. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you collect more on child support than, you know, your child actually needs to support. I'm sorry that you're still using a stroller when your child is four fucking years old. Teach him how to fucking walk, strengthen his limbs, get him into a sport, do some shin splints, like do some leg kicks, give him the MMA. I don't fucking know. And if he has a bone deficiency, um, I don't know, give him some bone deficiency vitamin B12 pills. I don't fucking know. Like, fuck, have him drink this ghost shit. This shit has how many fucking milligrams of vitamin B12? Let's see. Vitamin B12. Aha. It has got... It has got 2.4 MCGs. That is 100% of your daily value. So... And also, I am sorry... For just being a decent person in society. To make sure you feel that you're not lost in society. Because guess what? If I didn't wave at you, you'd have had nothing to come up to me about. And even talk to someone for a minute and a half about absolutely nothing. So you know what? You're welcome that I waved to you. And I'm glad it made you uncomfortable. Because you know what? I'm glad you felt something. Because guess what? If I didn't wave at you, guess what? You'd have felt nothing. And feeling nothing is always worse than something. Always. Always. Alright guys. That's episode 55 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I'm going to wrap it up there. Because she didn't want to wrap her fucking mouth and just keep it moving. And she thought she was going to come up to me when I'm with a friend of mine. Like, if it was a girl with me. Oh, when she saw. If it was a girl with me, I'm not going to lie. I probably would have escalated. and Not even escalated. But I would have put this bitch in her place. And I would have fucking been on my precise bullshit, my wordsmith, and I would have confronted this lady, and then twenty, and then on the way home, I would have got some fucking amazing head, to the point where the fucking gear shift on my shit, she probably accidentally elbowed, probably would have went in extreme, and probably would have gotten a car wreck, but guess what, been ahead of the game, and Guess what? It's been so worth it. Oh, Jesus. But since I was with the guy, I had no reason to impress. I don't care what people say. Yes, of course we fucking try to do things to impress sexually. Of course we do things to try to impress the opposite sex. That's human fucking nature. Never apologize for that. I don't. I personally don't feel I do anything to impress anyone in particular. But I think we have tendencies where we probably do things. We're going to do different things. Do things differently around our girlfriend or especially our wives than our boys type of thing you know just is what it is but yeah uh don't forget to like and subscribe to the vid 
talk too much about proposals and marriage. I should probably stop talking about things I know nothing fucking about. Bye. Oh, yeah. A like and subscribe. Follow the IG that I don't even go on. You know. You know the drill. Oh, yeah. And suck some titties. And, uh, yeah. Have a great fucking day. And this is your Sunday pod. Oh, yeah. And NFL's kicking off. And, uh. Yeah.